Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. We are in a series called Get Outside of Yourself, and we're in the giving part. So thanks for giving your time to be with us. Deli, Arnick, Josh. What's up? Hello. What's uh, going on? The boys are back around the mic. The boys are back, back in town. Time. The boys are back in town. A song Deli knows. <laughs> I'm not sure how he knows that one. Yeah. Don't, don't sing him a hymn. Don't give me a hymn because I will probably fail that Tis test. So what? Sweet. Oh, hey, yeah. Thank you. Two for two. There, you're Bonus there, points. Two for two. All right. Well, the old guys are just going to bow out and you can run the podcast. <laughs> you're on a roll. Uh, as I said, we were talking about uh, mission and giving, and so we did four weeks of mission, uh, two Sundays of uh, giving, and so the really the title of the messages are all all the same, right? Just getting outside of ourselves. But in this in this giving session, I felt like the uh, uh, well, they have been. I mean, if somebody hated it, they didn't tell me, which is not uncommon that they don't necessarily tell me. Uh, I don't wake up to emails on Monday, right? So that's cool. Um, but some folks, and particularly young couples, actually uh, a few came to me and uh, said that they'd been praying about something like this, thinking about something like this, and wanted to engage with it and give. And their uh, husband and wife standing next to me, and they, they said, uh, so we had been talking about this, and then last week you preached this message, and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's it. Let's, so I thought that was fantastic. And then... Uh, in this couple, the, the the wife looked at me and said, "Thank you for, uh, thank you for not being afraid to preach hard things." Uh, I say, you know, you're welcome, right? But this really shouldn't be that hard. A hard thing. Yeah, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. hard because we um, we like money. We we have that thing that the Bible tells us not to have in our Western culture. I think it's a cultural thing. Everything Absolutely. it's a money thing. It's can you can you, you preached it twice already? Like, can you give your money away? Is it possible? Mm-hmm. And what if God said, "Give it all"? What if He said, "Empty your savings"? Mm-hmm. Yet, like you said Sunday, you know we're building bigger barns. You know, yeah. I mean that's how it is. You have a starter home. And then you have a big home, and then you have a dream home. Nothing wrong with any of that if your heart is willing to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do we own money? Does money own us? Mm-hmm. Uh, Melinda has this story when she was little, and she would refer to it as the big house when she was a baby, you know, little pre-K stuff. The big house. And the, I drove by the house once. Honestly, the, 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 the room we were recording in and the sitting room, might have been the house, <laughs> but when you're little, right? She called the that was the big house to her, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, there is this thing about how much do we need, how much do we want, and then what are the dynamics? What are the like? What are the subterranean dynamics of that? You know, the, the insecurity, the fear, uh, the trust, uh, loss, those those e- those economies that run in our in our heart and make it hard for us. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, just hearing you say that, um, so much, uh, I mean, I would even say sometimes identity, right, can be tied in with this oh, with sure. this sub- subject, right? Security. Yeah, um, security with, sure. uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things is this, um, I feel safe because I have blank 
whatever your number is in the bank, right? Like I feel safe because this is in the bank and uh, I don't feel threatened or I don't feel um, vulnerable vulnerable or uneasy because um, what, what our, and again, what our culture can tell us is that, well, you can just, you know, just throw a little money at it and, and you'll, you'll feel better. Um, but as you said, right, it, we also have this idea of gaining is what we're trying to do. We're trying to gain. It, being blessed is to gain, right? It is kind yeah. of this thought of, uh, of our heart. Like maybe even, if I'm blessed, then at the end of the day, there's a net gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's not, not, a, not less than, right? Not, right. It's not going to be in the negative. Right. It's going to be a gaining. But this countercultural idea that, Jesus says, like, actually, it's in the giving, right? It's, and you, you, what you said is it's in the giving. What he actually said to a lady who gave two coins, she, she is going to be remembered forever because of how much she gave, right, out of her nothing that she had. And her net gain was zero. <laughs> it, was, it, was negative, it was negative, definitely red, right? It's all she had. I preached for 35 minutes on Sunday, and this just came to me. It wasn't in notes or anything like that. I, it was just at the end of the message. And I said, you know, you could probably finish this, this with me. It is better to... Yeah. Everyone said, yeah. give than to receive. And I'm like, mm. oh, so I guess I didn't need to preach the last 35 minutes because <laughs> yeah. everyone knows that. everybody knows right? it. Yeah, yeah, except we, we, do, we do know it. Do we put it into practice? Yeah. And, and at what level? And I think what's nice about this is it is something that we can put into practice because we all have something to give. I think we might discount what that is mm -hmm. and again that's a violation of scripture where you measure yourself against other people and you're mm -hmm. not supposed to do that right if you have a dollar the woman had two pennies as you said mm -hmm. and that's fun too he's like jesus is like behind a column in the temple like watching you know, he's like <laughs> yeah. hey guys come here come here real quick let's watch this real quick yeah he was like standing over there watching everyone give you let's check this out wait for this wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait for it is like he's saying you know and she goes up drops two things and he said she gave him one to everybody and it's not, and all these are little cliche sayings. I don't know if they're trite, but they're cliche kinds of sayings that it is not about how much you give. I was taught this, not about how much you give. Mm -mm. It's about how much you have left over mm. <laughs> after you've given. That is really what determines the amount of sacrifice, mm. right? Not that you gave thousands and thousands. I have relatives and friends that could write a hundred thousand dollar check. And like, I loaned you five bucks and it really is that like they, mm. they would never even see it. It's like an error on the P and L, you know. They wouldn't even know. Addition error. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's amazing because the par what seems to be a paradox about that running next to that is if it's about how much you have left over. Really, it's a test, not a temptation, but a test of your trust. Because in the end, the scripture is clear that we're not supposed to be relying on our cash flow as our source anyway. For not just, and I'm not just talking about man shall not live by bread alone. I mean specifically for our substance, as families and as people. Yes, we live in a consumer-based culture. And I believe that's why a lot of people, when they give, like Deli said, there's an expectation that it's an immediate exchange where you better have a net profit. Mm -hmm. Because our idea is a consumer culture. I was with my sons the other day. We were at Ollie's, and they were, man, standing there with a dollar, dollar after dollar, going into this machine in a competition, who's going to get a stuffed animal out of this machine? And they're just putting these dollars to work yeah. and putting them to work. 
And I finally walked up and I said, you know, you can go buy a stuffed animal for less than you're spending here. But the reward system had entered their mind and the psychological. So I think with us, sometimes we expect these rewards that God has already promised to us completely not based upon what we give, but on his goodness. He is our source. And I, you, I've had the pleasure of getting to hear the sermon about three or four times now. And one of the things that you talked about was a misplaced idea of who's doing what. I don't know if you know what yeah, I'm sure. referring to. Yeah. yeah, Who's the responsible party in this? Is this a moment where you're responsible or God's responsible? And certainly when it comes to our source, I think God's got to be the responsible party. And then perhaps we'll see cash flow and what we have to give a little bit differently and not hold on to it so tightly. If Steward. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steward. Mm-hmm. I think it, on top of that, the... I think what what I can what my mind will go to sometimes, which I have to I have to fight. Uh, the money is not money is not a bad thing. Attaining money to an extent is not a bad thing. Like being successful in something, being bringing excellence in your craft, and people paying you for that is is not a bad thing. Which no. is what my mind can totally go to. Why am I making all this money and all these things? But it's that um, it's that heart behind it. That is it your master? Is it controlling your life? Is it the only thing you're after to put in your barn, right? And that's what yeah. we're that's what we're talking about. Exactly. Because what what can happen for me is like, well, I need to give everything away. I need to live on on absolutely nothing. And I need to wait for seeds to drop on my porch to eat and live this. But you know, there there can this. just as easily be a spirit of pride in that. Yes, yes. exactly. Right? That's what, again, that yeah. motive behind that. Which That's is... the biggest amen I've gotten in weeks, guys. I didn't even know <laughs> hey, I didn't want to say that. I didn't get that. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Pride. No, I'm sorry. All right, I'm done. Yeah, so that can be the same thing. Yeah. It yeah. Can. really very much is a heart, mm. heart issue. Mm-hmm. Why we give how we give, who owns what. The visual for me that's hung out these last couple of weeks is the goblet mentioned in 2 Timothy 2, where it is its purpose is to transfer something from one place to another, and someone someone's hand takes it and moves it. Right? So the hand of God working, working in us, through us, around us, taking, filling, and moving stuff from one place to another without stress, Without worry. You have it. He needs it. You give it. And I think if we could somehow reframe that to recognize that it's an it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's asking us to serve. He's asking us to be the one to give. Sacrifice involved? Well, probably, sure. Mm-hmm. But what a privilege. To be asked. I've often wondered how many teenage girls were asked before Mary said yes. Maybe she was the first one. I don't know. I don't think the scripture says. But knowing human nature, I'm sure that some people, you know, were like, well, uh, I got to marry, you know, I bury my family and do all the different things, right? The Lord said, I want you, and you like got all these reasons. I wonder if she was the first to just say yes. Yeah. Yeah, to just, you know. Like, thank you for the invitation. 
I thought of Simon who was asked, not by the Lord, but asked to carry the cross. There seems to be a tie-in later in the book of Acts where Alexander and Rufus, the sons of Simon, might have been his boys, came to the kingdom. And if you knew the whole story and everybody put it all together, he's like, you know, dad carried the cross for Jesus. Changed his life. Didn't mean to, but it was invited into something. And the privilege of being invited in, as we say here, to be a face in someone's story, what an excellent way, an excellent way to do that. And the, the story that Jeremy closed with was just fantastic. He, guy gives 20 bucks because he's prompted to. And then somewhere in the week, uh, giving money to Next Step, and then somewhere in the week, a guy from Next Step, the Next Step program, one of the residents, came by and helped that dude rake leaves. Now, tit for tat, equal amounts of money, work for, that's not the point at all. Jeremy's point was, uh, that guy may have still come by and recognized him, hey, you go to Christway, I go to Christway. Not the same power. As I was prompted to give 20 bucks to that, and you're standing in my front yard. And the faith of that. Jeremy said, it's not very often that you get to give money and then see the next week where it's going, right? Just a wonderful close. Yeah, it was great. But the ideas of, you know, this isn't about attaining or storing or keeping. It, it really is about the outflow of giving, and how can we do that? Mm-hmm. And if the Lord asks us, that's dandy. Have you guys ever had moments where the Lord asked you to, to give, like a, a prompting to give? Absolutely. Something? Absolutely. I can think of a specific case, and, and just speaking to what you're saying, that you're not always going to get to see the immediate reward of it. Or the back end of that, the undertone of that is, do you know the cost of what you're giving, really? I was in a circumstance where I came into a windfall and I was only about 31 years old when this happened and I was excited to be able to give, (laughs) but it was a calculated excitement. I was able to do the numbers and say, well, I can give this because this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. The challenge was is when I gave and then all of my plans just went to bad word on their own. <laughs> I don't know, you, you feel it like that just went bad. Everything went wrong. Then I didn't know, I had not properly assessed the cost of what I was giving. I thought that it would be easy. It turns out it wasn't. And to your point about Mary, I don't know. I still to this day don't know if I would have been willing to give that knowing what it was going to really cost me. Um, and I, I think that a lot of times we're excited about the outcome. And then a lot of times we do trust the scripture. We do understand that there's a blessing in that. But we don't properly assess the cost. And when I think of that, I think about David and what he said about sacrifice. And, I will. Yeah. I won't. I, I will not give a sacrifice. That which cost me nothing. That's somebody with God's heart. That's somebody that's after the heart of God that recognizes that there should be a cost. And so, what I would say about my immaturity in that is that I just didn't understand that we don't give 
and count the costs and try to make it as easy on us as possible. It's, it is in the sacrifice that the blessing exists. Mm. And I, I honestly, I thank God for that circumstance because I don't, I don't think I ever gave again with that kind of calculated, you know, almost as if I was going to trick God and give something big that really wasn't a sacrifice. Yeah. It very, is a, it very much is a heart thing, man. Because yeah. uh, I'm thinking of the person that stands up and says, oh, I give alms twice a week and I pray twice a day. Yeah. That whole thing where I'm not, I'm not going to give if, if I'm going to let you, I, I'm, I give and you know I give and I'm not going to let, let it pass that I, you know, you're going to know I gave. There's mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And there's David who stands up and it had to do with the ark returning and sacrifice and such. And, and the guy said, here you go, man, here's everything you need. Like everything from the wood to the match to the whole, like here's the whole deal. He said, you know, uh, thank you so much, <laughs> but I am not going to offer worship if it didn't cost me anything. Yeah. And there's that, which is a different, a different side of that. That's not a proud thing where I'm, I'm calling the shots here. It's like the, the understanding that worship and sacrifice are the same. And then I think when you get in that space, worship is less sacrifice than before mm-hmm. because it's worship. Yeah. And when I understand the the relationship of worship, if I have anything I'm giving to God, I am only returning. Right. Right? I'm only returning mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yep. Because I, I talk to people sometimes about the power differential. Right. With God, there's a significant power differential here. No. Like I'm only returning what you have blessed me with. Right. To you or to someone else. Because what, what can be seen, what we see it as sometimes is, well, I've, I've worked and earned and sweat and tears and blood or whatever. And, yeah. and what it, it's, we have obtained this, therefore it's mine, right? Which is what the story mm-hmm. you said with the barns, right? This is mine. <laughs> and, or even. Yeah, he hey, literally, he talks and he goes, self, right? Like yeah. he's totally all about That him. was really mm-hmm. good, yeah. Yeah. I even think of Zac- Zacchaeus. I think he even says that as well. He's like. What I will give what half of what I I own and and know that it's not really I'm just thinking about the our viewpoint of that yeah. right like this is what I have obtained this is what I have done I've worked my whole life my whole my <laughs> whole life that I have to gain this therefore it's mine. <laughs> so you you were you were talking about cultural differences. And I think about the American mindset of pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you can't do. Yeah, pretty hard. That's impossible. Yeah. yeah, you might jump, but you're not lifting we'll yourself up. Off your, yeah. yeah, right. But we have that. We, we'll that's definitely. That seems to definitely be like an American mentality. Yes. Self-made man, self-made woman. The, the, those. That's the. That's the picture of the. It's the visual play on your eyes where there's a hand drawing. The, person's drawing themselves you know they're a self-made man right so we have that mentality maybe not overseas no where everything i own like i got this i built this uh not remembering that somebody gave you 20 grand startup money yeah or jesus gave you the breath that you currently or a teacher taught you yes those kinds of underpaid economics yeah i've never seen i've never seen a group of people like we saw when we lived in Africa that actually, in my mind, embody what the Acts Church was. 
they just shared everything. If one person had a need, it was taken care of. Like, and they had nothing. Like, the room we're in now was bigger than most homes. I mean, this is, they had nothing, but the, here's the flip side. The joy they carried was immensely higher at a level, at, you know, if we measure. I mean, it, they, one of, one of the, the most joyful people I've been around, when I met him, he was 32, blind from HIV. And one of my good friends, I loved being around this guy because he carried so much joy. Mm-hmm. He lived in, in a really rough place because he couldn't work. He lived on $100 a month that the government gave him. That's what he lived. When I met him, his I was walking down a street with like 50 kids around me, and we were just playing. I had my kids. And his mother runs out on the street and says, Pasteur, Pasteur, in their language, come and pray for my son. And that's how I met him. And this guy, I remember we would go to church together. He, The church I went to, didn't I didn't understand the language for a long time. So I just sang what I thought would be the right words. But mm. he would sing, and he couldn't sing one note on tune, not one. Like, it was all out of tune. And he would sing like he was... Arnick on stage. I mean, he would just go for it because he, he understood what that meant. He would get, they would, he and his wife would get, who were both HIV positive, um, they would get their check every month and immediately give. Like, and they had nothing. Like, when I, I remember going to their house, and they, had, they would have a pot that they cooked the night before of stuff that we don't eat. I'll just say that, you know, it's just a mush. And that's what they had for the day, from the night for the next day, and I just, I just, it, it was very humbling okay. to me. And sounds like they understood the economy. Yeah, they did. That is it. They yeah. did, and it wasn't about what they had; it's about just the how happy they were. They were just happy yeah. and fun to be around. They just every time I would go, just to be around them, mm-hmm. and because I just enjoyed mm-hmm. what they carried. And, you know, I would bring them food from our farm there and they would, they would be so excited. Uh, I would walk and deliver another box across the street. And, but by the time I'd look back, they were already sharing their box of food with other people. It was just, it was crazy. I think, um, we have so much success. I saw, I listened to a podcast the other day where it said that if you make $32,000 a year, um, you are in the top one percent of the world earners. So, That's <laughs> so you are in the top one percent in the world, not in the United States, but in the world. If you make thirty-two thousand dollars or more, so oh, we're we're blessed. We yeah. really are blessed, and we're blessed because of Him. Mm-hmm. And so it is a it is a this economy of it's just not us. It's not we have nothing to do with it. He's given us the talent to do what we're doing. And we need to steward that well as well. So I was listening to uh, our kids and I and Mindy, we, we do a, a, what we call a campfire talk every Monday night. And we're going through the Right Now Media um, series on Job with Francis Chan. And I would suggest that doing that. It is a wonderful series. But he reminds, he, we just watched it last night, and he, he was in Job 38, where God addresses Job and basically says, do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you understand the power I have? And he goes on for a long time describing what he can do that we cannot do. And it is a lot of describing. It's very descriptive. So Job 38, 39, 40. I would suggest 
we get into that maybe and read it and, and meditate on that a little bit. I was meditating on it today thinking, man, you need, you need to humble me, God. Like I, I, my, those are my favorite chapters in Job. Yeah. He says, stand up like a man. And I'm, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to ask the questions. That's what he yeah, says. Yeah. I'm going to ask the questions and you're going to answer them. Yes. <laughs> Where were you? Yeah. yeah. When I laid the foundation. He said Leviathan. Yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's, I think it's a reminder of how big this God we serve is. Yeah, that's it, the economy again, yeah. right? There. He's that's a friend the, and... He's the God of the universe that has done everything for us. We need to remember that in all of our approaches to worship. We need to remember who we're actually dealing with. Let me ask you a question, though, just on the long basis and anybody can answer it. So when we're talking in that cultural sense about things and how we view finance and all of that and what's important to us, how do we begin to turn that thinking around? Because most of us have way too much stuff. And it just seems like something that's running through this whole podcast right now, I'm, I'm seeing it as passion versus love of things. Because I, 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 I can say for myself, I took a pay cut to do ministry. Yeah. Because I knew I was just working for the money. And I literally had done 13 years of my life with not one moment in my day of just passion. Yeah, I helped people and all those things, but my eye was on my bank account. And to move over to actually be doing something with passion. So getting back to my question, in this country where things do cost and inflation's high and we are not, we're all working because we have to in order to yeah. provide the things we need to provide. How do we start turning and shifting that idea of love, of money and things, and start focusing on you know being passionate and giving, so we can have that joy you're talking about? I think it's. I mean, Andy's talked about it. It's being generous. You know, it's it's really. If you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit in your life, He will tell you to give. I firmly believe that. That is the economy. It. it we have to give. We must give, and it is our money, and it is our time, and it is being uncomfortable and inconvenienced. We have one simple thing in our home, and it's called the blessing fund. It's a bank account, part of our account, and it, you know, a percentage. We just chose a high percentage of our income goes into the blessing fund. The kids have their own blessing funds as well, and when we are prompted, we have we have finances to give, and and so it's not like we're scrapping it together. We're setting it aside, waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell us. And he does, and boom, yeah. we do it. And it sometimes it's like, holy cow, like, I'm glad we set it aside, right? Because we may not, if he would have told me to give $20,000, you know, I'd be sitting right there every time or whatever, you know. So, again, it's not about the money, but um, it has to cost us something. So I think about uh, God so loved. When you, when you love so much, what did he do? Gave. You gave, right? You give. That's what you do. You love so much, you give, and uh, it's not a. It's 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 uh, it's a different kind of sacrifice. Like you, you can look at the numbers and see the numbers on the spreadsheet, but you know, you you, you when you love and you give because you love, and it can be because you love the Lord. It can be because you love people. It'd be nice if we 
gave it because we loved everybody. Like, you have a need? Here. So happy to share this with you. Yeah. And um, what were you, were you going to say something? I was, yeah. I mean, you can continue that no, I mean, so for me, I, I, go, I go to, <laughs> it might be a little naive, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But um, I think about two things. I think about the perspective of what we just said, of who God is and trusting in that. And also, to me, trusting in my body of people that I, I'm in, my community. I think of Acts chapter 4 something where they shared their possessions, gave yeah. everything, and there was no need among them. And I, I think about that as if I am called and I am a little worried, I'm called to give something away. We'll say something of great value. I'm called to give my house away. Why would you give your house away? Now you have no place to live. I'm, I trust my family. <laughs> yeah. I trust also in my family that I'm pretty sure if I called up Josh, right, you know, and that said, hey, I, well, and see, I don't know. That's just, I, I do. I really, I believe, I, I feel like um, I, I give my car away. And you know what happened? Somebody else gave me a car, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, and so I think about that in the nature of I trust yeah. my body of people that know that if I, I just, I don't know. I just don't trust in myself. <laughs> is what pretty much what it is. It's like, well, I gave that away. Now I got to work harder and try harder to now gain that back. But I do it, and I'm gonna keep walking that path to trust this body to work together yeah. in in perfect unity. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a hope. I hope for that for us, right? Like, I hope we have we see a need and we hear a need and we want to extend that. Yeah, we speak we speak that language, right? And we try to internalize that and make it a make it action mm-hmm. uh, decisions. Um, people would love to have a story where someone gave them a car, but you don't you don't get a give a car story until you give one, right? You and then you don't have one, right? So <laughs> yeah. got a bunch of cars, nobody's gonna do that. So so you what's important I think to say, and I've been saying this to our our team at Next Step for a little while. Uh, I said it to Dana at, at first, and then I've said it to the team as well. Uh, Dana and I have faith stories. We have stories of at the 11th hour, you know, money coming in or you're not sure where it's coming from and then it's from some out of nowhere source it feels like, right? And so I told her, I said, these teams, these young leaders that we're raising up, these, these young leaders need their own stories. Mm-hmm. They got to have their own stories. Just as we could read the book of Acts, but we need our own stories. Yeah. And so for us to be able to, trying of our faith, works patience, let patience have a perfect work. And so as we grind through some of these things, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, I don't, I honestly, sorry about to tell you, I don't know that I actually put it all together, but uh, I was at a parachurch ministry and we were church planting uh, year, years ago. Emma was a, I'm a toddler. And um, I walked in a meeting where I was absolutely the hotel staff, man. I mean, I was not the honored guest. I wasn't a participant. I was totally hotel staff <laughs> serving sodas and trucking ice back and forth and totally that deal. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing that. I walked in a room and someone was speaking about church planting and the Lord spoke a number to me. And it was um, multiple times by far the biggest number I'd ever been asked to do so uh, I 
and we actually had it in savings. I'd sold quite a few books and had royalty money, and it was in the, in the bank, in the savings. And so I went home and asked Melinda, I said, what do you think about that? And to her credit, she said, if that's what the Lord told you to do, then that's what we do. So wrote the check, um, gave it to them, um, went about my business. I don't remember the exact time of year. I don't even remember the exact year that I did it. But within a, within a year or so, we were called to a new ministry. And I thought I'd sold my house. I had a document, a sign, a buyer, talked to the bank, talked to the realtor, talked to everybody, went to the mortgage company, visited it, Diamond Financial. Went there, like I went everywhere, did the whole thing, right? It was a total scam. It was like the FBI were on it kind of deal. It was that kind of silly thing. Total wash, lost the whole thing. And I had someone squatting in my house that didn't have a real contract. So it was all smoke. And it was like 13 months of them living in a house. So I'm paying a mortgage in St. Louis and I'm paying a mortgage in Baltimore. And I'm like, I'm church planting myself. I was at a church of about 25, 30 people and working a job as a school teacher, you know? And brother, it was unbelievable. And uh, I don't actually have a nice happy ending to that story. Like. Yeah. We finally got out of that house, but it was a terrible, terrible loss. And they stole stuff and <laughs> like all of the appliances when they, when they finally left, they, they took them all. I mean, that kind of story. Did I lead with the, I gave thousands and thousands of dollars because God said so. Right. Yeah. And like within a yeah. golf shot, we had that crazy, just rid cost, ridiculous uh, experience, you know? Jesus. So I don't know what to tell you other than that's the truth of the story. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't, I don't, well, two things I'll say. I, I don't regret the giving at all because I was asked to do it and I'm just supposed to do what I'm asked to do. Second thing is the parents that were in that house uh, had such a level of dysfunction, but there were four little kids. And I don't know where those kids would have lived, but uh, Melinda and I, <laughs> the Lord, whoever provided them a pretty nice place for 13 months, you know? And so I thought to myself, I thought, you know, for those kids, little sweet, innocent kids, I'd do it again. Because mm -hmm. when you do it unto them, mm -hmm. you do it unto me. Yep. So I figure on two counts there, uh, I served the Lord as best I could. And I don't have a back end story. I'm sure something, because I also teach you'll never, he'll never owe you something. You're never going to give more than that. Like, he's never no. going to be indebted to you. But that wasn't even the point. And I think a lot of times we can be very transactional. I know that can mm -hmm. feel, but I just did what I was asked to do. Uh, and I'm so grateful we were able to provide a house for these sweet little babies. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. And then however else it washes out, whatever, right? Uh, the Lord, That's that's also, I think, a life of, surrendered trust or I don't know what you're doing my pastor told me years ago I said well I know that if I'm obeying the Lord and following his will and doing what he says at least I know all my bills will be paid and he looked at me and he said that sounds good I was like what I was like 19 <laughs> or 20 I'm like what do you what are you saying he goes oh it sounds good we'll see let me know let me know how it goes <laughs> and 
uh, we lost we lost a lot, a lot of money. Oh, mercy. But did we? I don't know. I think I did. We did. We didn't, you know, we ate differently and yep. our lifestyle changed and it was a struggle and okay. All but right. you had enough. Well, yes. And I I, I, I I did what the Lord asked me to do. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's just, you know, that's some of that soldier, soldier sailor business, you know, here's the, here's the order, execute the order. Okay. I'm not the one running the whole show. I don't. Yeah. I, the Lord has done saving my sorry self and the freedom and the love and the acceptance. Uh, I'm pretty sure I still owe him. Yeah, there's no dollar amount on that. <laughs> well, when I surrendered my life to you, that's what I meant. And as we're called into these different spaces, Sometimes we feel like we can't. I guess we can close it out here today. Sometimes we feel like we can't get started in our giving because I only have a hundred bucks and to give ten bucks. I'm like, oh, I only have ninety left. Have a hundred thousand and give ten thousand. See how that feels. Mm-hmm. You think that would be easy? <laughs> Writing a ten thousand dollar check. It's a big check. <laughs> it, well, it's weird, isn't it? Oh, you have yeah. ninety thousand dollars left over, but you write a ten thousand dollar check and you're like, oh. Yeah. And then not lording over it, the it results. It feels like a pound yeah. of flesh coming out of you, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Well, you said it best, man, when you were preaching. Either God, you, and you can probably close us with that because I thought it was so good, where you were talking about the interaction you had with your pastor about is God going to do this in me or am I doing it myself or yeah. Well, I think we just have to pray that God just humbles us yeah. and changes us. You know? Yeah. Boy, you should have seen all the faces in the crowd when I said, Lord, uh, between, Lord, humble me. People literally, I said, I said, I, I told the guys, I said, I want you to pray that the Lord humbles me. Literally, people in the crowd were like shaking their head. No, no, <laughs> spontaneously. No, they're making faces. No, don't pray that. I'm like, or what I was told to pray is, or Lord, help me humble myself. Yeah. Well, that, that'll take we 25 do years. That. I don't yeah. want to do that. We don't do that. Yeah, but you scared me when you started talking about, Lord, drag me until you humble me. And well, I think I said, put your foot in my neck and break it. Yeah. And break it. Yeah. I, that is, that, I mean that 100%. Yeah. I'm not interested in unnecessary suffering. Uh, I don't want my family to be hurt. But come on. If there's a work to be done, get me ready. And if you can get me ready in three to five minutes, okay. I'll take that. Yes, over 14 years of flailing. Yeah, the other cost a lot more. I just yeah. am not interested. Yeah. It could be a personality thing. I don't know. But I am 100% not interested in that. And then the punchline of this story is when I said, oh, I'll just pray that he humbles me, he put his finger through my chest and said, don't you trust your father? And that's the bottom the Lord hurts us. I told someone the other day, I said, oh, you know, I'm pretty sure the Lord doesn't care about hurting you. Pretty sure my experience, he didn't seem to care that much. Mm-hmm. Hurting you, hurt is pain with purpose. Harm, which is Satan's world, is pain just for the sake of it, mm-hmm. without purpose, nothing. Just gratuitous hurt, pain. But the other, not, not, not the same. So that's kind of heavy. But I feel like that's the, uh, we talk about salvation is free, it costs you nothing. And if that's too easy for you, discipleship costs you everything. Mm-hmm. 
before. Yeah. And so, good. Oh, I was just say, yeah, even, I want to even speak into the, the nature of when you say like, where do I even start? Like that, once you do start, it, there, it's not going to, it's not like, wow, this is easy for the rest of my life. You know, like <laughs> it's, I mean, there's been conversations yeah. where I will, I mean, I will say where I'm, you, you talked, you said you had this number in your in your mind. You went to Melinda, you talked about it. Sometimes those conversations don't go super well, right? Sometimes it's like, no, <laughs> you know, and, but I'm feeling that. And, <laughs> but I'm saying like, that's, that's I have like, nothing to say. <laughs> those are conversations though that you have in that tension of, yeah. you know, is this wise? Is well, I don't know. Yeah, like sure. it's, it doesn't seem wise. And, and you know, just this whole oh, tension sure. of, um, that where it's, it's both, right? Like both the, that balance and tension of, I want to give, I don't know if we, we should, um, or maybe you've give, this is what happened to us is we, we felt the urge to give, but then we continued to give. Right. And then it was like, okay, our, we still felt fine. But then all of a sudden it was like, well, are we just enabling now? Like, it was just like this little tension of, okay, what are, is God calling yep. us in this space? I know that story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those, com that those, com about, yeah. Yeah, those conversations that you have to, yeah. you have to weigh in. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and you surrender. Like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And you surrender because then it can be a pride thing. Yeah, exactly. It just shifts over into something else, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Then you're giving. It's like fasting. Yeah. Then you fast, and then well, mm -hmm. I got seven days. If I only go three more days, I got ten. I've never done yeah. ten. Maybe okay. I'll do twelve. <laughs> just, yeah, just, and then your heart just immediately. It, it's a different shifts, right? thing, man. Yeah. So the encouragement is to just let's be open-handed. Yeah. And the way I've said this, uh, close it out here is uh, we we, we want to give, but when we are grateful. And we have that perspective. And we know where the blessings come from. Mm -hmm. It should be easier to give. Yeah. And be generous in that giving. Mm -hmm. Because then we see how things were so poured out upon us. That when you're blessed and someone is so generous to you and giving to you, which I think is the parable about the forgiveness, right? The guy was so generous with forgiveness. And the old boy squandered it. Mm -mm, not good, right? So let's just pay it forward, right? We've, he's given us abundant life. He's given us blessing. Our families are blessed. Uh, our homes are blessed. Our work is blessed, the work of our hands, right? And so uh, the encouragement today would be that you, you're able to see that, first of all, and, uh, and step into that. Uh, yeah, I mean, can I pray? Yeah, go ahead. I know you got, <laughs> some, I know you got something there. Your Bible... Yeah. You're the only one with your Bible open, so well, God must be doing something over The literal there. Bible. Everybody's I hit mine, yeah, I hit mine in my heart. <laughs> I have it in my heart. I have it written in my heart. Um, yeah, so I'll pray, but I was just, it took me to when the lady poured out the alabaster jar of perfume. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus, and Jesus says, um, you know, you didn't have any water for my feet. Uh, she had water with her tears and wiped them. And you, you, should, you didn't even give me a kiss. And this woman from the time that I entered didn't stop kissing my feet, you know? And so you said, therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has been shown. And who has been, ever been forgiven little loves little. And so I'm just, I was thinking about that just as we were talking about this giving. So um, yeah, I'll pray. Yeah, Lord, um, help us to see, um, see as you see. See that, Lord, we have been forgiven so much. We've been given so much that you are the one who... You own everything. You are the creator of our entire lives. You're the, you're the one who gives us breath. You're the one that 
um, rains down from from heaven and waters things so that we can eat and um, sun so things can grow and um, you're just the one who provides every everything. Um, so Lord, help us to to step back um, to see that we we just steward things. We just are this transient place of just having something for a little bit and then passing it on to someone else. That we are um, receiving things with our hands open and never trying our hardest to never just clench onto them, but actually just holding them with our hands open. So as we sitting here just um, thinking about what we have been forgiven for, what we've been gifted, um, the love that has been poured out on us, um, help us to step into spaces, be bold. And, and Lord, I speak that right now for those listening to help us to just step into spaces to give without fear, um, to love without fear, um, to say words without fear. Um, and all of that is to what, what it looks like to others around us. Um, it looks foolish sometimes. And so Lord, help us to be, um, have our identity in you and have our um, foundation set upon you and not upon our barns, not upon our wealth or our gaining um because that's that's sand that's that that will that dissipates it it goes away but it, you're, you're a rock so help us to set on that um lord help us to have a a perspective of that so lord we we want our hearts and our lives to be eternal because um, that's where our treasure is where our where our mind is is on of eternal things and those things that we're storing up in in heaven so um lord give us eyes to see that um in this place um, in this day, and um, we, we give it to you. We give you our lives. Um, in your great name, Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. amen. It is better to give than to receive. Mm -hmm. So I pray we can put that in practice. Thanks for being here today, fellas. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we pray that this blessing of not gaining but giving uh, can, can be operative, active in your life. Until next time, take care. Mm -hmm.